Welcome to the Super Abundant Life Podcast. I'm your host, Olawumi Brigway. I'm a transformational life coach and the creator of Super Abundant Woman, the premier personal development platform equipping and empowering women to create their best life from the inside out. In the not too distant past, I myself was trapped in an agonizing cycle of failure and shame with my mind constantly dominated by negative emotions. But my life was dramatically transformed beyond my wildest dreams when I began to live by the power and the wisdom of God's word. On the Super Abundant Life podcast, my goal is to help you disengage from limiting and faulty belief systems so that you can think differently, believe differently, and live differently. Thank you for tuning in. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, this is Alarmy Brigway, and welcome back to the Super Abundant Life podcast. It's such a pleasure to welcome you to the finale of season two. All season long, we have been talking about purposeful living. 10 episodes dedicated to diving deep into living a life of purpose. Which of the episodes have been wonderful for you? Which ones have you felt the impact? Which ones have you taken the greatest wins from? I would love to hear your feedback as well as your questions and also the ways that we can improve the podcast. I'm really excited today because it's the final episode of the series And I'm going to be sharing the episode with two wonderful friends of mine who are in their own right living a purposeful life. And one of the reasons why we wanted to do an interview for the final episode is to bring some of the strategies and the tips and everything that I've been talking about all season long into actual practical experience. So we're going to be walking through the journeys of these two beautiful women, and I can't wait to get into today's episode. I have with me today, Banke Ajayi, and if you're my Ingutike. So I'm going to ask them to briefly introduce themselves, and we will get started and get stuck into the interview. Banke, do you want to go first? Yes, my name is Banke Ajayi. I'm a Chief Marketing Officer for a fintech and I'm also building out two SaaS products for small business owners to help them grow and scale their businesses. Thank you very much, Banke. And Ifoma, do you want to go? Hi, everyone. Ifoma Ngudike. And what do I do? I work with women to exude that brilliance and radiance that they already have. I am an author of The Successful Immigrant Woman. I'm also a founding member of Immigrant Women in Business and the chapter president in Alberta, Calgary. I just love, love working with women to empower and shine. I love it. Absolutely love it. So we're coming from two points of view. If I'm not, you're talking about running your own business and Banker is coming primarily or predominantly from the career point of view. So 
the way this is going to go, we're just going to have a very lovely conversation. And I'm going to ask both of my guests today a few questions to just help us unravel what it means to actually be living a life of purpose. So Banke, I'm going to start with you. What would you consider to be your current expression of purpose and how did you get into it? Did you stumble into it? Was it like a, an epiphany or was it like a slow burn? So my current expression of purpose would be helping women realize their potential within the workplace, within their careers. It's something that it means a lot to me in terms of representation, in terms of encouraging them to look at their full potential and going after what they really want. I will say I stumbled into it because there was something that came quite easily to me and until someone pointed it out, I didn't realize that. So as I... As I started working, I had always worked in male-dominated industries, which meant that I was often the only woman in my team. But what I realized was that even when I worked with, you know, I saw some women in my vicinity, over the years, they just kept on getting younger and younger, which meant to me is that a lot of women were exiting the workforce and I wasn't sure why or they were not growing or climbing up the, the corporate ladder, so to speak. And when I sat down to speak with a lady that I was working with, she said that there's something about you. And then I then went to speak with other people I'd worked with, other women that you're extremely encouraging. You ask about what we've done. You know, you you kind of pivot the conversations into, oh, what do you really want to do? You know, how, how are you going after, the, you know, these things in your career? And she said that it's something that, you know, you should really take up because I I see that you're quite, I'm passionate about this and it wasn't really something that I ever really thought about in terms of like career and stuff like that I've pivoted quite a few times in my career and I I just thought that it was something everybody would do you see something you look at it you go after it (laughs) you get into the next role and I didn't realize it was something that people found daunting or intimidating so that's kind of how I, I came into it. And it was actually something that you said that something that comes easily to you, 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 you know, you should tap into that. You should help other people and things like that. And that was this last year that I really went for it. And, you know, obviously the representation part about it as well. I said that, you know, it's written it down that I wanted to be a chief officer, not, not even for, I guess, what they call the flex or anything like that. It was really because I checked the numbers and the numbers were very low for women as chief officer. So that was something that was quite important to me. Hopefully somebody sees me and then they they know that, okay, they can get this as well. So that's why. Absolutely. I absolutely love that. So you're talking about representation and that was your, almost your primary motivation because you noticed that a lot of women were exiting the workplace, especially when it's male dominated and not so many of people, people that look like you were in the C-suite of roles and positions. So what sort of key decisions do you think if you you know casting your mind back that you took because I'm assuming it wasn't automatic you didn't wake up one day I said oh okay I need to get into C-suite and then it happened the next day so what sort of key decisions did you make once you knew this is what you wanted to do that helped you actually achieve that so I, I took a I took a course in leadership it may not be like this for everybody, but the way I learn, I, I learn in a very structured environment. So if you just give me something small, then I can expand on that. But I need to know that it's a solid foundation. So I took a course in executive leadership, a certificate, and then I intentionally started listening out 
um, listening very carefully in meetings, when directors are speaking, when MDs are speaking, what kind of things they were considering, why, why they were making these decisions and so on. And then I also, you know, sought out ways in order to, before I would, I was very comfortable as an individual contributor, but I realized that, okay, what does it mean to be a leader? What does it mean to inspire people, to lead people? And coming from a position of servant leadership more so than anything else, because I think a sign of a good leader is that the people that are working with you are growing and they go on to do great things. It's they 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 shouldn't just be working with you for years. I I don't I don't believe in that, you know, without you know really growing and expanding. So those were kind of the things that I I started to look at. Then I also tried to look into the, my weak areas because again because I primarily worked as an ind individual contributor. I said okay, what 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 do I need to learn? And I had. I would say quite an uncomfortable conversation with um, a manager that I would say we were not best of friends when we initially started working together. And, you know, I had to go, you know, humble hat in hand and say, tell me what is wrong. Tell me where I can grow. And he was very brutal in his assessment of me. And, you know, I took everything down, wrote it down, went away, looked at it and really started to build on those areas. And, that led me to a role that I was, you know, like employee number zero and I had to build out the team. And that really meant working with people that were early on in their careers, looking at it, how to communicate with them, how to bring out the best in them, how to work cross-functionally, not just within my team, but within other teams when you're not directly influencing them, right? How do you get them to work together? And that all came together and, yeah. I guess when I was ready, the opportunity came opportunity. and I, I got this position. Absolutely. Yeah. I absolutely love it. You know why I love that story? Because a lot of times when we are when we get awakened to a sense of purpose, like this is something that I know I'm meant to be doing. What I find is we have to actually initiate the process, right? You don't necessarily go out and go and grab it in the sense of I'm going to make it happen today. But when you begin to put your ducks in a row, so for example, you mapped out a strategy, what do I need to learn? You ask for feedback. And by doing what was within your own control, the opportunity found you. I absolutely love it. Thank you, Vanke. If I'm, I'm going to ask you the same question, what is your current ex expression of purpose? And before embarking on this current journey of your current expression, what were some of the indicators that maybe you went on the right track that motivated you to change direction and that helped you arrive at this point? Awesome. So for me, when I think of my purpose currently, it's really about that impact. So a little bit of background, you know, as a young woman, when I was out of university, I never, you know, really thought anything about my purpose. I just knew I was going to do well. I always had that feeling that, you know, I'm, I'm always going to be good. Um, but then I became a stay-at-home mom um, for a rapidly growing family for 10 years. Um, and, you know, I, I can remember some of my friends back then saying, of all things, before my year at home, but that felt like the right thing to do for me at that time. And some people would look at that and, and think it was a waste of time. But for me, that purpose comes from the fact that I was the CEO of my household. I was the CFO of my household. And all of those skills I was building, you know, taking care of four young children that were born all within, within six years, right? And a single income family. Uh, it was not time wasted. 
And as soon as I was ready to get back into the workplace, into corporate, I just was using that story and those skill sets that I that I had learned. But I was fortunate to meet somebody in my journey to my professional designation as a professional accountant that sat me down and asked me, okay, what do you want to do in the next five years, in the next 10 years? And at that time, my my response was, you know, in that trajectory of an accountant, okay, I'm going to be a controller and then I'm going to be a CFO. But I was just saying that because I thought that's what I, I was supposed to say. And then I became exposed, you know, to working with adult learners. And I think that's when I stepped into my purpose of really inspiring people. People, you know, when I when I interact with people, they would always say, oh, you're very inspiring like you inspire me you send me things you know that you just seem to know what I need at the right moment to check up on me and and I was just doing that but I started reflecting and I thought that was really my purpose and then three years ago I I started writing on immigrant women and that was when I became very aware of my privilege as somebody that was already educated my parents were educated kind of middle class family but then I met so many immigrant women that didn't have same opportunities as myself. And, and right away, I, I didn't even think about it. I didn't grow up in an environment where anybody was running any kind of business, no entrepreneurs. But as soon as I, I, I went through that experience, I just became more motivated about this impact that I needed to have. I didn't leave my work right away. Uh, in fact, I just recently left my 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 nine to five, but I did climb the corporate ladder up until, you know, the director level. And I enjoyed working with my team, but I had this epiphany in August this year when I attended a retreat. It was like, okay, yeah, you do work with your team. You impact people within the organization. And of course the purpose of your work impacts a lot of other people. Um, but trying to do something at the side um, to support immigrant women and other women, it's not going to happen. Um, I can't have that kind of impact if I'm just dabbling. Um, and so that has really driven me and that has become my mission to just find ways to continue to interact with women and inspire them. Absolutely. Thank you so much. One of the things that I shared, in fact, was in the first episode where I debunked quite a number of myths about purpose. And one of the things that I kept stressing over and over again is purpose starts getting lived out the moment you're born into this world. It is not some grand vision that you fulfill at some point in your life. And I love the fact that you were able to own that time that you spent at home, that it was not wasted years. You were living out purpose. You were, I mean, you made the statement that when I discovered purpose, but literally even being at home and raising your children to the way you want them to, to be, to be responsible and successful adults, that was you living out your purpose. That was your purpose for that season. And when the season changed, you were able to catch wind of that and then transition into the next expression of your purpose. So I really love that. Thank you for sharing that. Now, my follow-up question to that is, you mentioned, you know, eagle-eyed, that you just left your 95 to pursue this in more depth, probably full-time. Did you encounter any kind of skepticism from people that love you or even from people that don't know you that well? Did somebody say to you, oh my goodness, you're leaving your 95 to go and start a business? And how did you deal with that? To be honest, I didn't tell anybody <laughs> that I was 
I was living my nine to five because um, I think I was the person that has been very skeptical about about going into this full time. So for the past two years, I have been dabbling and trying a lot of things at the side, but never having that fulfillment. And then I, I will say that with my nine to five, I feel like things usually come easily to me. And that's just because I believe that, you know, it's just going to happen. But I found out that I was as I was climbing the corporate ladder, I, I was losing that in sense that, you know, I, I, I started doing things very logically. Oh, it has to be me that has to solve this problem this way. Um, and that was not really flowing with my personality. Um, but I, I couldn't really quite understand um, what was going on for me at that point. Um, and, and also part of what was happening as well was even as I was struggling with that, um, and getting some indications that, okay, for my, you're not people's saviors. You're not, you know, it's, you're mm. not be, be know it all and do it all and problem solve everything and, and trying to push people on, even if they didn't want to go in that direction. There was a lot of friction that was coming up for me. And so that, that became very stressful. And as a Christian, you know, I just always believed, you know, God is just going to give me something. But I think God became like second, you know, I, I would try to solve uh, problems. I would try to, you know, Google things or even use chat GPT first before I, I went to myself, you know, within me to, to, to think of those, of those solutions. And as soon as, you know, I, I said, what are you doing? <laughs> Why, how did you get here? I just sat back and started thinking of that. And I and I realized that that conflict that was within me, that stress I was putting up on myself was beginning to impact or had been impacting without me actually really noticing it, my relationships, my health, and a lot of other things. But I saw that whenever I was working, you know, I was doing a lot of free webinars and volunteering. Um, I had peace. So I didn't really tell anybody. Only my husband kind of knew. And because, well, he had to know <laughs> this was going to be a significant impact <laughs> in our household. And as soon as I said that, it was like, yeah, you should totally leave that job. It's very stressful for you. And so that was all I needed. And so kind of started transitioning out of that, you know, and I was coming to a milestone birthday but that transition was not easy I attended some training for immigrant women entrepreneurs if I could find time I would go for some conferences I would go for some networking events and just really trying to connect with people that were running businesses to know how how they were handling it what their journey was I'm still in that transition period I'm still you know working things out but the more I talk to people so now I've started talking to people I I, I told some of my close friends and I it was very profound for, uh, for me because one of them actually called me after we had a conversation you know and then the following day she just called me and she said if I'm a, I've been thinking about our conversation and you should totally do it <laughs> so I was like what she's like yeah you should totally do it you are awesome like why spend all your time trying to get in this thing work with other people where you can just be doing all of this for yourself and I'm like oh thank you that that really meant a lot to me I told my siblings and my parents and to my surprise like I was really surprised because I I thought everybody was going to start telling me 
what are you trying to do? How are you going to survive? My brother was the first person that said, oh, if yeah, I'm pretty sure you've already worked it out, your budget, because everybody knows if he's into finance, <laughs> your budget, you must have looked at it and, and you're, you've got this, go try it. And, and my dad was like, yeah, that's why you took that management, your CMA, you, you know, you should go do it, you know, doesn't give you any any ceilings so i was actually surprised that when i finally started letting people know that this was what i was planning to do full-time that there was no resistance it was me that had the resistance all this wow. while amazing amazing i mean you can't you can never undervalue the 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 presence of good support isn't it when the people that matter actually rally around and and you know support what you're doing so Banke, i'm going to come back to you and my question is this, I mean, I know Banker, you're a Christian and, you know, you have a very strong foundation of faith and I believe that you live your life by Christian values. So when we talk about living a life of impact, what I want to ask is how do you integrate this desire to live a life of impact? For example, you've talked about wanting to help showcase what black women or women generally can do in male dominated spaces and how high and they can climb etc so that is something that you have in your heart so when you have a desire to live an impactful life how do you integrate that into your daily routine or decision making process is there some kind of template or process that helps make it possible so that it's not just a like a bleep on the screen but something that's actually long term yeah. So what I have started doing recently is actually sitting down and being quiet. I call it, um, I empty out my mind. I do that quite a lot these days. <laughs> and when I say I empty out my mind is that I remove the distractions because in this world that we live in, there's so many, so many different things happening. So many people having different opinions and things like that. And that can drown out the voice that you should be listening to rather than the voice of, or, you know, in, in the world. So I take, I take, shall I say, quiet times that I go off for like a week or something or, and I try to, you know, I sit down, I read the word. And the funniest thing is that these days, what has happened is that I might read one passage and it was something that and it would jump out at me and at that point I hold on to that verse and then I personalize it and then from there I think that there will be once you've quieted down the the, the external voices there's something you it's it'll be a quiet prompting something would just drop into my mind as I'm going on a walk and I'm like oh okay and I once I take that first step then things start to fall in place but in order for these things to fall in place, for me, what works best is routine. So when I have when I have something that I'm working on, or when I when I have grabbed onto this this nudge or this urging, I put it into my routine. So when I wake up in the morning, I have things that you know that you know I, I have certain areas that I'm working on that I know that is going to lend to me moving ahead in this particular area that I need to move ahead in. And that's kind of how I, I work it out. I put it into my routine. I identify, how can I put it? I identify what I need to learn and how and do something towards that every day. It's, it's quite, 
I think a lot of times we overestimate what we can do in a short amount of time. And when we are not sticking to something that we're doing daily and we're contributing to it daily, contributing to that goal daily, we tend to become discouraged. And that is something that I identified. I would overestimate, okay, I can do this in this amount of time. And then I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm tired, I'm, you know. And once I become tired, it's less likely for this thing to happen. So I started doing this. What are the three main things that I want to achieve in a week? Three big things. And then I just break them down into daily tasks. And then every day I go after those things. And I I use pen and paper. I'm very old school in that way. I have these post-its all over my desk. And I write down these things. And at the end of every day, I I, I strike them off. And it's very satisfying for me. And I feel really encouraged and from there I'm able to achieve the things that I set out to achieve and also like uh, declarations as well I have certain things that I have to I, I say I say every morning to myself because there's something that I, I think you cannot escape is that if you don't believe in your heart that this is who you are if you don't believe in your heart that you can do this you can get easily discouraged um, when you come across any obstacles and things like that. But when you say daily to yourself, like in, in this current role, marketing was an area that, because I came from a very technical background, it wasn't something that I ever really looked at. And I would say I'm bad at marketing or something like that. And, you know, I've, I've had to, you know, I switch that around. I say, you know, I'm, I'm really good at marketing and I can, push a business forward that can get great growth for a business. And you really have to believe that in your heart of hearts for you to go after what you want. As if you don't, you're just saying words. And when your heart and your mind don't add up, it's very easy to fall away from what you're looking for. Absolutely. It's interesting because, you know, this is one of my posted like this <laughs> as well, as well. And Okay, you talked about discouragement and I don't I don't want that to pass because it's not all cookies and cream, is it? When you want to live when you want to live a life of intentionality, when you want to live a life of impact. Because honestly, from my experience, sometimes it's easier to just go after the success without thinking about the impact side of it, because you don't necessarily need to mind the way you're treating people or whatever it is. Or if anybody gets ahead, if it's just me and I'm throwing everybody else under the bus, it doesn't matter as long as I'm climbing. But when yeah. we bring impact into it, then we're talking about things like character, things that God wants to go after to actually help refine us. So in those moments or seasons of discouragement, what really gets you going? What makes you go, do you know what? I'm not going to give up on this. I'm going to keep pushing. Oh, everything takes time, you know, and everything takes time and there are different seasons. Sometimes you're in a season that you're getting everything you, you want and it seems you get it very easily. <laughs> and you know you just you just you just think about it and it falls into your laps so and but there are seasons that it will seem very dry and I would say that you have to that book of remembrance you have to remember the times that you won and remember that you know everything you know it's it's times it's seasons right so you're going through this season but instead of feeling discouraged in this season ask yourself what am I meant to be learning in this season 
how am I meant to grow in this season? And I, I, I say this uh, because I think I'm, I'm just coming out of a season of waiting and that waiting season was about four or five years, right? And, you know, I, I was telling um, a friend of mine and she looked shocked. I said, you know, for, for, some, for some of the things that I wanted, I took lateral movements in my career. I actually took a job that slashed my salary by about 50%. She was like, what? I said, yeah, because I looked at the long game and I said, you know what, this thing is going to pay off. So if I go into this industry, if I take this role, there are some things that I need to learn there. So in your waiting season or in your in your season that, you know, things don't seem to be going right, take just make sure that you keep on, re you know, I, I make sure I keep on reminding myself that it's, I'm playing the long game here. You know, this is not going to last for long. What am I meant to be learning in this? And I try to, and that is something, the, what am I meant to be learning in this season? It's something that I picked up. I really went after the last three years because I figured the quicker I learn it, the quicker I, you know, get out of this season and I graduate. So let's, let's, let's not waste any time here. <laughs> Let me really open my eyes and just really understand, no matter how tough it is, what am I meant to be learning? What do I need from here? Okay, fine, I've picked it up. And that's why when certain things happen, and there's also something is that when things are not going your way, your reaction to them is extremely important. You must never have this attitude of, oh, woe is me or something like that. It's like, okay, everything is working together for my good. That means that this has happened, another door is opening, I'm graduating and it, it, it happened when I was, you know, going into two jobs ago, just before Christmas, I got, I got a, you know, the manager called me in and said, oh, you know, your contract is being terminated, blah, blah, blah. I've been told that I was going to be extended for six months. And I was like, oh, okay, no problem. And when I came out of that meeting, and you also have to be very careful who you who you speak to, who you surround yourself with, because not everybody has that level of faith. And when you're about trying to build up your faith, <laughs> you don't need anybody that's going to scare down any part of that. So uh, funny, I didn't tell a lot of people. Obviously, my colleagues knew. They were like, they, I can't believe they're doing this. I was like, oh, no, I'm very happy. They said, what? I said, that means that I've learned everything I meant to learn here. That means I've graduated. So the, the next the next step is going to be great. And I was just, and, and, and I truly believe that in my heart. And as I say that, that thing is that your heart and your, your head have to, have to match up because you have to know that you know that you know. And immediately that, that happened, I got home. I said, okay, so what do I need the next step to get to the, you know, to, to, to where I want to go to? And I wrote everything down in a matter of three weeks. Everything that I'd written down came to pass. Got the new role, got exactly what I wanted wrote everything down. And one of the things that I was saying was that even though, you know, I like, you know, I'm interested in climbing up the, the career ladder. I'm also interested in business. And I, and there was a thing that I said is that I want both of them to merge together. So I don't have to do that much extra work outside to match up to what I'm doing in my 95 versus what, what I'm trying to build, you know, on the side. So or, or what I'm building on the side. And that was exactly what happened in the in the next role that I got before I entered this one. So when when things are not going your way, remember why you started out. Remember, you know, write things down, go back to them, declare every day that this is who I am. Really believe in your heart. Whatever external factors are showing up, that's that's their business. That's you don't you don't need to live in that. No, forget that.
Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much for that, Banke. It's interesting because I know this is probably not popular opinion, but a lot of times when we're going through that waiting season, it is actually a testing season and God is the one that orchestrated it. Because one of the things that I've become awakened to is God does test. He doesn't test with evil, he doesn't test with sickness and all those things, but he does test with this thing you say you want, this thing that you are saying you believe me for and you have faith for. If it doesn't come to you now, how would you respond? And we see the example of the children of Israel when it came out of Egypt, after everything God had done, they saw all the miracles. But the moment they got thirsty, They, they were singing God's praises, but it says literally the Bible says that God tested them. He tested them at the waters, meaning he delayed them getting water. He wanted to see, he wanted them to see actually the state of their own hearts because immediately what they started to do was to complain. So the waiting season is the refining season mm -hmm. where all the mock literally gets being worked out. And like, thank you so much for bringing that up, Banke. So if I'm going to come to you and we're going to go to the external factors now. So Banker spoke to the internal factors when you start to experience discouragement. But when we're talking about a life of impact, impact or purpose is about impacting people. It's about people. But sometimes the people that you quote and unquote are trying to help don't want to be helped or they are the ones that actually end up being an obstacle in your path. So here's my question to you. When you are facing like difficult choices, particularly in working with people, in your relationship with people, you talked about your previous job where there were some like conflicts and so on. How do you ensure that your actions align with the Christian values of love and impact? How do you make sure that you don't, well, stray too much <laughs> from those values and you continue to put people first. Because I believe that that is a very important thing that we as Christians or as anybody needs to do to put people above results, above anything. So is there a way that you over the years have approached it that has worked for you? Absolutely. There's a couple of things I do, you know, because I understand that commandment to love. Sometimes it's not easy. It's easier to love the people that are like me, <laughs> that I gel with. Sometimes, you know, and a lot of times, you know, I, I find myself amongst people that I cannot understand where they're coming from. Like, I'm mm. like, are you for real? <laughs> you know, it's it's very challenging. So there are three things that I can share today that I that I actually used to remind myself of that. So one of them is something I call the posture of love. And it's interesting because I've tried to share this with some people in the workplace and it annoyed them a lot. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is interesting because, I, you know, so, sometimes I just, I am a calm person. I'm very reflective. So when things are happening and they expect that I, I should be reacting or responding in a different way, I am usually calm at that time, especially when it's turbulent. That's when I become really calm. That's where I go. And so, you know, and this posture of love is something I learned from a podcast that I was that I usually listen to often. And and this is my own way of of you know paraphrasing it and working with it. It also comes, you know, for me as an acronym. So that posture of love just comes from the fact that we are commanded to love, uh, love God, love others, 
love ourselves. And I don't see how we, we can operate in this world without doing that. But it's difficult. So that framework that I have, that acronym that I have, is something that helps me um, to be able to bring that posture of love, um, especially when things become very stressful, when things become very challenging. So L, for me, um, is to listen and really listen deeply. I tend, of course, like most people to be preparing what I want to say as opposed to, to listening. So I remind myself that one way I can show up in, in loving the other is to listen, but listen deeply and just release myself from every other thing that I'm trying to think of at that moment. And, and to make this practical, sometimes when thoughts are coming up, I actually start to write. So I write a lot. I, I always have a, a notepad or something to write on. So I start to actually write what that person is saying so that I'm paying attention that way. So L for me is, is listen. O is to be open. And this, this is openness to difference, openness to opportunities, really being open. And, and you know, I think this comes naturally for me because I tend to give the benefit of the doubt all the time <laughs> to people because I don't really know what's going on for them. So it's 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 kind of easier for me to be open. But of course, sometimes I struggle with being open to difference. Again, I'm like, where is this person coming from? Are they for real? Or why would you be unfair to people? You know, stuff like that. But when I take that posture of being open, I always know that there might be something being, you know, underneath that behavior that that person is, is showing at that time. And it could be just for a season. And then V for me is vulnerability. That is one thing that I have learned, you know, in my years of leadership, that to be truly human, that vulnerability has to be there. I, I can't, you know, paint myself, even as a parent, as somebody that doesn't go through life, that doesn't go through things. So being able to leverage that vulnerability, whether it's in myself or see it and recognize it in other people, is really something that I feel is a way to showcase love. And the E for me is, is about that emotional intelligence. But it's not just emotional intelligence, because that can also be, be challenging for myself because you know I come with my own baggage I come with who I am um, and oftentimes it's hard to be able to really especially when things are kind of heated or when it's challenging to let go of who I am <laughs> and that's also when things come out that the true you actually comes out right so there is a, a, a balance with a dance with that emotional intelligence but for me as well uh, because truly one of my strengths is learning I just everything for me is a learning opportunity E also means expansiveness so I, I feel like not just me, I need to expand other people need to expand there's abundance in this world like I I, I just know that there is enough. Are more than enough for everybody if we just let go. So I, I remind myself of those four things, the acronym for love, and, and that, you know, often helps to bring me and ground me to be able to work with people, uh, whether it's people that I really, really love, but at that moment, I don't like them, <laughs> or people I just don't get. Um, and, and the second thing that, um, that I, I always remind myself of um you know, around impact and, and working with people and living out my my Christian faith, 
is that fact that I am chosen, but I'm not the only one that is chosen. Everybody else is also chosen. But I always like to say to myself, I am chosen. And in any situation I find myself, if I remember that and remember that the fact that I am chosen means that I've been given all I need in that situation to deal with it. It always helps me to stay positive in that moment. And when I stay positive, I've also learned that being overly optimistic can be a problem. So so I just try my best to remind myself, okay, you're chosen. You didn't give yourself this gift. You didn't choose yourself. That person that chose you, that spirit of God is in you. And so let go and let it do the work. Um, and that also helps to ground me. And the third thing that I do is, um, just like Banke said, uh, for me is that retreat. Um, I actually go for a silent retreat. I do that at, at the very least once a year. And But I always find moments to retreat and just take that time to reflect. And when some things are happening, it may not be fun. <laughs> but for, for me, every single thing is a learning opportunity. And it's not the outcome that, you know, for me, learning is not about the outcome. It's about the journey. Like I I take joy in just learning. It may be a very difficult situation. I think wrapping all of that with some of my positivity, always just, I see the opportunity. I see that there is something to learn from every situation. And those are some of the ways that I do try to leave out impact, especially uh, externally working with people. Those are powerful. Thank you so much for that. The strategies are wonderful. I love the acronym. It's very easy to remember. Banke, I'm going to ask you, <laughs> during the, I want you to talk about so far, I mean, casting your mind, you can go as far back as you want. So not necessarily recently as far back as you want. What is the most significant obstacle that you've encountered so far on your journey to living a purpose-driven life? And if you want to follow that up with, how did you then overcome that obstacle to keep moving forward? I think it would be thinking that I have to do it all. I think that was something that when you're a particular type of personality that you tend to get a little bit impatient, I I would, you know, I think that's why I worked very well as an individual contributor for a long time is, you know, I get impatient and I'm like, oh, I can just do this. I'll, I'll just get this done. And then, you know, from an early age, I think, I, I don't know, for some reason, even though I was the last born, I always felt like, oh, I needed to, you know, do certain things, keep things, you know, on an even keel and stuff like that. So, it was it was a lot of I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. And funnily enough, I think it's actually only recently and it was a sermon that I listened to called Mission Possible. And I actually saved that on my phone. It was by Stephanie Ike and I said I'm going to I will continuously listen. And she said something very interesting and it was something that if you just mentioned as well is that everybody is chosen. But what she said was very interesting in that it didn't start with you. 
whatever the things that have been put inside of you that you want to, you know, you want to bring into this world and things like that, it doesn't start with you. So why do you think that you need to figure everything out? Mm-hmm. And that was a very freeing thing for me. So number one, that helped me with procrastination because sometimes when things get overwhelming, you tend to like push it away and say, okay, I'll get to it later. Or, you know, it seems so difficult. So when you realize that this thing did not, especially when you're going after something so big because you know the dreams that you have, you know the thoughts in your heart and things like that, you know, you know the kind of lives you, you know, you want to impact. Very passionate about, you know, women progressing in their careers. How do I do this? Remove the I. It's me and the Holy Spirit. So now I, it's very, very quick for me. I'll say, ah, you see this thing? Excuse me. Can you help me out? Because right now, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And a lot of times when that happens, I just go for a walk. I just step away from the thing, right? And I just go along on my way. And something, the idea or the, you know, the answer drops in. And it, it's always something that is going to be, you know, quite easy for me to do at that point. And also recognizing that this whole thing is a journey, right? So even that little nudge or that little thought that comes into your mind, and you know, I just say, ah, I just say, ah, thank you. Because, you know, me and, you know, me and the Holy Spirit, we are working. This is partnership here because you did. So the recognition that I didn't, I am not the author of this thought. You are. So you're just doing it through me on the earth. So the resources, everything that I need, I just, I just need to ask at the exact step that I needed and having enough faith to know that, okay, even though this is a long game, you will supply all my needs for that day, that hour, that minute, and then walking in obedience, the next step becomes clear. I take the next step and we continue going like that. So it's just, the nowadays, I just had to release all of that. I I, I didn't want to say type A personality. That's <laughs> <laughs> so what that is because I laugh a lot but I'm a very very thing about the way I want to do stuff and things like that and I've had to let go of that especially if you're going to be working with a lot of people you're going to come across a lot of personalities you know you say you want to impact lives not everything is going to be done in your way it's other people's ways are better than yours you can learn from anybody so those are a lot of lessons that I've had to incorporate but that that thing about knowing that it's not just me and allowing people to come in allowing people to help you asking for help talking to people is something that I've had to learn and I this was a very recent thing that has come into into my life and you know things that I've had to incorporate so yeah yeah, I absolutely love it. Yeah, the type A's, right? Hmm, I wonder how many people here are actually type. I can absolutely relate with that. And like you said, Banka, it's one of the things that over time I'm learning. I'm still learning every single day to the point, you know, just letting go and recognizing that you're not on this journey by yourself. You have all the resources of the creator and the possessor of the heavens and the earth backing you up 
at your yeah. disposal. So when I start to get a bit ruffled, like I need something, I need to make it happen now. I've learned to just let go. In fact, I, I still practice this this morning. I was it yesterday morning. Well, I was trying to figure something out. Then I reminded myself that, listen, the more you try and figure it out, the farther away the thing, you push it away from you because it's, it's about what you attract and actually repel. So I've learned to write it down. So I will write it as a question and say, X, X, whatever. I'll ask it as a question and say, I thank you, Father. I receive with gratitude and just let it go and just forget about it. And literally, sometimes it would take a couple of days. Sometimes it would take hours. But literally, the, talking about this morning or yesterday morning, within minutes, I was doing something else. I had completely put it out of my mind because I've asked and I know that I've received. It will come to me. Within minutes, I was doing something else and the answer to what I asked popped up in the other thing I was doing. And I've realized that there's no all this gra-gra, you know, <laughs> just trying to push and push and exert your own will. I've, I've come to the point that I've realized that the will of God and his thoughts are better and higher than mine. So mm -hmm. when I find that I'm struggling or I'm pushing a bit too hard, it's time to let go and to surrender and to allow the thoughts to actually flow to me. So that's really beautiful. Talking about obstacles, if I'm, I'm going to come to you, one of the things that I believe strongly is purpose is birth in a place of pain. It's actually one of the mm -hmm. most important ways that we discover what has been put inside us for us to release in whatever season of our life. So my question to you is, I want you to share a story of when overcoming an obstacle or sharing a problem ultimately led to you discovering a passion or an aspect of your purpose? Absolutely. So I really like uh, what you've said and what Banke have has also shared as well. And and because for me, <laughs> I, I love to learn. Sometimes, you know, I see obstacles as learning opportunities, but that does not mean I don't go through pain. So two things. The first one is really very like related to this journey that I, I have decided to embark on fully. So, so I used to work with a coach when I first ran and incorporated. Like I just so just went. I didn't even think twice. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna study business. I so I went and incorporated, you know, three years ago. And and then I'm like, oh. But everything I was doing had been free. So I had been working with a coach and he's like, look, if I'm a, we have to move you from free to fee, from free to fee. But I just couldn't, you know, I would just make my monies from my nine to five job and it was fine just doing free stuff. And, and so for me, it was because I was telling myself, first, you didn't grow up in an environment where anybody did business. No, I'm not the kind of person that sells. People should just see it and, and get it, you know. So so I have that mindset myself. But one of the things that, that I have started, you know, saying to myself, and it's a it's it's a scripture that I have been using for, for many years. I've been declaring it, but it's it didn't quite get me excited. You know, it's when when he says, see, I'm about to do something new. Do you not see it? Like even just saying that gets me excited. Like, do you not see it? I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta start seeing with the eyes of little children, because they just are in awe of things, you know. So I need to remind myself to see that and, and just, you know, let go like like we've all said. And then in this whole process of discovering and beginning to step into, into my purpose for the season, you know, I do have a personal story that really motivates me in terms of how do we make sure that women are empowered because 
for me, I feel like once one woman, one woman's life has been touched, that touches the community. It just it just expands in so many ways, whether it's from their children or their nieces and nephews or somebody out there in the community. We see that in the church where, you know, the women are the people that come together to do everything. And to, I mean, men do, but they kind of help with nurturing that community. So the story of the thing that has impacted me is actually a personal story of losing someone that was very close to us, a family member. He was in his 40s. And so with, you know, with what that person had gone through in life in in that short period, all the accomplishments and knowledge and the awareness, the education that they had, um, they still did not have like um, a will. You know, there was no estate plan um and so when that person passed away and left his family um his children his wife uh it was it was very heartbreaking to to realize that even all the wealth that he had accumulated and had been building a lot of it was not going to go to his family <laughs> just because of that lack mm -hmm. of i think that people know but for some reason, it's an overwhelming conversation, but it's something you do once and then you can come back to it, you know, a few years down the line. And I realized that a lot of women are not really thinking about this. We think for some reason, you know, whether it's the books we read when we were, when we were growing up, like we're, we're princesses, right? Like somebody's going to take care of us for like forever. And our fathers do, our brothers do, you know, like men kind of, we are princesses and that's okay. But a, a princess doesn't mean do not do anything to take care of yourself because life can change. And so that has really been something that has been inspiring me for many years we lost we lost this family member it's getting to I think it's seven years now seven eight years now but I was just struck by that because even the wife you know highly educated very aware traveled you know but this one thing is something that a lot of women are not taken care of and it's and for me, it's the foundation of financial literacy. Um, so it's really driven me to that place where I do a lot of things um, around financial literacy for myself, for my children, but definitely for other women. And so when I go back to do you not see it, I just see that now that I have got some freedom <laughs> because I have left that nine to five structured kind of life that this is a place that I'm going to expand, you know, there's that clarity. It's like pathways and the forest, rivers, you know, in the dry wastelands, you see the abundance. And I'm just excited that a lot of women are going to be empowered through not just that education, but looking at strategies to be able to make sure that they have things in place to continue to impact community. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Out of pain has come purpose and so many women are going to benefit from from that experience that you had that is wonderful okay so banker here's my last question to you and yes we talk about impacting people's lives we talk about helping people along on their own journey but what about the benefits the personal benefits of living a life of purpose so since embracing this intentional approach 
to living a life of purpose, what are the most noticeable changes that you've experienced within yourself? How has it impacted your overall well-being, your outlook on life? I mean, there are the external rewards like you know the money, the salaries, etc. But beyond that, what would you say has come back to you in terms of living like this? You wake up, or I wake up, a lot more energized. They say when you enjoy what you do, it doesn't feel like work any longer. It, it's it's something that I guess has been said so often. It kind of sounds cliche, but it's really true. And because I asked this thing about, I don't want, even though I'm in nine to five and I'm looking at like business and stuff, I want everything to kind of merge together. So it becomes one for me. And that is what it has become. And when I, you know, speak to women now, I, I actually, it's, it's very rewarding. It makes me really happy. When somebody calls me, like I, I had a, I'd done the, that SEO, the SEO course. So, and the lady, you know, she came back to me and she said, I just got my first client, you know, by Google right after I'd implemented the steps from your course, you know, that you did. I was like, are you serious? Like, those are the kind of things that make me happy. Or somebody, you know, I've spoken, I spoke with one of my friends when she was going through some interview processes for a job. She said, oh, I was, uh, I'm not sure. I just looked at the whatever. I said, ah, do you meet 60% of the requirements? I said, if you meet 80%, you'll be bought within six months. My dad, just, you know, just go for it. Don't worry, we're all out here figuring it out. <laughs> Go along, don't worry. We're all out here. And you know, and she got the role and she comes back and she tells me that she got the role. It's very it just makes me happy. I I think I think that's the only word I can use. It just makes me happy. And when what so when I get those phone calls or when people come back and say, you know, these things, you know, a, a girl that was she's just starting now, she's looking for an internship. And I worked it up for about three months and we were going through interview skills and stuff like that. And next thing, my phone is ringing off the hook. I'm in a meeting. Finally, I'm like, sorry, let me, you know, I just need to take this call. And she's, she's in second year of uni. And she's like, auntie, 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 I got the, I got the internship. I got the internship. It just, I think, I think the only thing I can say is it just makes me incredibly happy. And even when, you know, like, you know, I'm tired. There was one day I was really tired and it was a Saturday. And I said, you know what? I'm just taking this Saturday off. I'm not doing anything. And then I can't remember what I read and it was about something about women not moving ahead in the workplace. I, in fact, I just got so much energy. I said, oh, no, 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 no. The work is plenty. <laughs> I'm no longer tired. <laughs> mm. That blog post I was meant to <laughs> and stuff like that. And um, yeah, it, it gives me a lot of energy and it just it just makes me really happy. That's That's the only way I can explain it. Yeah, I completely understand what you're saying. Like soul food, isn't it? There's an injection yeah. of energy. And it's almost, it's very difficult, I would say, to to have that sense of fulfillment outside of a life of impact, no matter yeah. what we try to accumulate. So yeah, thank you so much for that, Banke. And last question goes to you, Ifama, and it is, what advice would you offer someone who is struggling to find their direction or feels lost in their current situation? What guidance would you share to help them embark on this fulfilling purpose-filled life? Hmm. Okay. So, you know, 
of course, when I think of the word that somebody is lost or struggling or trying to find something, what 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 comes to me, the very first thing that I need to think of is where am I? I got to start from where I am. And so do I even know where I am in the picture of everything? And, and what does that look like for me when I go back to where am I? It actually goes back to who am I? Uh, so I first need to 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 understand my identity and understanding my identity, knowing who I am. Now to find, I, I need to think who am I becoming? And I stress that a lot because in our world, right, where there is a lot to compare with, there is so many things that is, you know, coming to us that, you know, we are being bombarded with and so many things to learn from a lot of exciting things happening. Um, it's easy to get lost. Um, but wherever I find myself in a situation where, you know, I'm like, what are we doing? What am I doing? Am I trying to follow a trend? It's not just rubbing off well. I have to go back to, okay, former, stay grounded. Where are you? Who are you? So always start from the place where you are at. If you can remove those distractions at that moment and just first of all, go through that process. Sometimes you have to work with someone, you know, because God uses people. It may be challenging to just sit there and start waiting for the Holy Spirit to give you that message because you may have been getting the message, but because of all the busyness, all the things that are happening and all the struggles, you may not even have heard that message. Just take somebody that is outside of your situation to help point it out to you. So it, it may need you working with somebody to figure out where you currently are. And the good thing about that is once you do that, you recognize that you actually have a lot, <laughs> like you've come a long way. You have a lot to actually begin to embark on that journey of who you're becoming or wherever you want to go. You, you're not starting from zero at all. You have a lot. So for anybody, you know, that, that feels lost at this time or is going through that season of pain and overwhelmed because it's all a feeling and we can't really discard feelings but if you can find that quiet moment time to just sit back and say where am I in this whole big hazy thing and who am I you know in that place that I am in going through that process and if you're struggling reaching out to somebody whether it's your pastor whether a trusted person for sure um or and and also you know going to the word i think is a good place to start because it has always worked it cannot like we again you're chosen you have everything you need it's just some of that noise that is very prevalent in our world that can that can get us distract, distracted and not focused on that journey of our purpose and impact. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. It's interesting that you, you, you mean you answer that question that way, because if we think about it, if you call up a friend and you say, oh, I'm heading to your house or whatever, but I'm lost. The mm -hmm. first thing they're going to ask you is, where are you? What do you see? 
because you can't even begin to give someone direction. So someone that has a direction, the first thing they need to understand is where am I, where am I located? And I found that gratitude is a beautiful way to locate yourself and from what you're saying to actually see what is currently working for you. Because when we are in that space where we feel lost, where we're contented, for example, what begins to happen is the light that you carry, that you're already shining, begins to dim until it feels like there's nothing going for you at the moment. And that's never the truth. But when we begin to express that gratitude, you recognize that, okay, actually, this isn't that bad. I know there's much more waiting for me, but this isn't that bad. And that sense of hope tends to ginger us. Wow. <laughs> it's been a powerful hour of of conversations, of discussions, of strategies, of insights, of tips. And I really enjoy this conversation, ladies. Thank you so much for being a part of today's episode. I want to say thank you, Super Abundant Live podcast listeners and viewers, because we're also on YouTube. Thank you for being a part of this season. Now, this brings us to the end of season two, which is on Purposeful Living. We'll be back soon with another season of the podcast and i want to say don't stop sharing the podcast don't stop telling your friends and family about it and don't stop sending me your feedback your questions or whatever it is you feel like i need to know the address is contact at allowmebrigway.com and i'm sure some of you listening to me would definitely want to get in touch with Banke and with Ifoma. so we're going to leave their details maybe linkedin instagram stuff like that in the show notes for you to be able to connect with them further thank you so much Banke and Ifoma, for being my guest today and thank you super abundant life podcast listeners see you in season 3 and that's a wrap for this season thank you and bye